This week's podcast brought to you by Bladder Blockers. Uh, for reasons that we'll explain, you were up all night uh, the night before we flew to Minnesota on vacation. And so when we landed in Minneapolis and went straight to my sister's house, you uh, quickly found the hammock in her backyard and fell asleep for several hours in it. And as I was sitting on her patio looking at you in this uh, string hammock, I couldn't help but remark that you looked like something that had been hauled up by Bering Sea fishermen on deadliest catch. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, we haven't been here for a while. Sorry. Well, maybe. Or you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that might be more appropriate. A couple of weeks uh, away from the podcast, only one week away from Connecticut on vacation. And we, we went to Minnesota to visit um, all of the relatives over there. How many of us were together? I think at 26? Something like that. I think it was 26. Kept, we were catching an early morning flight to get to Minnesota. It's one of the few places you can fly directly to from Hartford. So our flight was at like 6.20 in the morning. which Boarding at 5.45. And, and with six of us, one of us, our youngest doesn't have TSA pre, so we didn't know checking if she bags. was going to be able to be with us, checking bags, whatever. We decided we were going to leave the house at what? 4.45? 4.40. So early morning. The night before our 4.40 a.m. departure, I was at basketball practice with our son. Um, and the practice was ending at nine and, and you sent me a text or our daughter actually sent me a text and said, um, there's something wrong with Kasha, our younger dog. She's just laying on the front walk, won't come inside. And the biggest thing- I, that, I would have said she's just lying, but- Well, I think our daughter said laying, lying. And then you said she didn't eat her dinner, and she's a super food-motivated dog. She has never turned away breakfast, dinner, any meal, really. So um, so that made me worry a smidge. So our son and I come home from practice, get home around, I'd say, maybe 9.30, 9.45. Clearly, something is wrong with the dog. She's just laying there. She's shaking intermittently. Um he picked her up to bring her inside. I'm communicating with our vet to figure out what to do. So seems like the best thing or the thing I need to do is to bring her to the 24-hour ER, vet ER. The dogs bask in the sun regularly, but they don't bask in the moonlight. They don't no. just lie on the sidewalk in the dark. And like shake. She was There was clearly something wrong. So fortunately, I had mostly like put my stuff together that I wanted to pack for vacation earlier in the day. It wasn't packed yet, but it was sorted together. And uh, our, our one of our local, um, our local vet ERs 
said, yeah, you can come in. You know, it's we see patients in the order they are received. So it may be a significant delay, but um, but we think that we can see her. So anyway, put the dog in the car, drive her to the vet. Fortunately, unlike the last, the Christmas night vet, where that was over an hour away, this vet was like a half hour away. Drive there, get there around 10 a.m., and then it just becomes a waiting game. There's one vet who's uh, working that night, and there's other patients who are already there. There was uh, a, a, a man and I think his wife and their two kids who are like uh, middle school age, maybe elementary school age, just sitting there waiting. Their pet had been taken. There was a high school-aged girl who'd brought her little mini dog in and its little mini crate. I was behind them too. And then me and, and our dog. And uh, and again, the receptionist said, you know, you guys will be seen in, in the order, you know, that you arrived unless there's an emergency. And then at one point, she picks up the phone and she answers and I hear her saying, oh, yes, you know, you have to come straight in. And a couple was coming from a from Massachusetts um, with their cat who had a who may have had a blocked bladder. And as the receptionist told us, like, that's an emergency. So when the cat gets here with her blocked bladder or his blocked bladder, the, the cat with the blocked bladder will will skip the line. So anyway. Dog, blocked bladder. A blocked bladder. The the waiting room, by the way, it was a warm June night. The waiting room was freezing, and I had not brought a sweatshirt. I was sitting there freezing, like trying to make myself as small and compact and like hugging myself. I was so darn cold. Um, had no sweatshirt in the car. Anyway, that's aside. How did you did you succeed in making yourself small and compact? <laughs> small, no, but smaller and more compact. Yes. Did you think of the t- television series of the eighties or nineties, Blackadder, starring Rowan Atkinson? No, Mr. Bean. No. Should I have? Well, blocked bladder seems like a oh, contraction. Right, right. very uh, true. Blackadder seems like a contraction of blocked bladder. So, the risk of boring everyone with this story, they eventually take the X-ray of the dog, of our dog. But they have to send the x-ray out. So you wait and wait. At one point, I just said to the woman, is it okay if I just go into my car because I'm freezing? So I come back in, eventually get seen at uh, 1.30 in the morning. Show me the x-ray. The uh, the, uh, the, our dog had eaten a rock, but it already passed through to the colon, so that means it had gotten through all the intestines, so no surgery was required, thankfully. Eventually, she was going to poop out the rock. And what kind of made me laugh about the rock, it was a heart-shaped rock. Not a huge rock, a small rock in the shape of a heart. So um, I don't know if it was an act- if it was actually a rock she'd gotten from outside or if it was like a heart-shaped rock-ish thing that one of our kids had, but anyway. Finally, leave there after two in the morning, get home, go to bed at three so that I can wake up at four to finish packing and uh, get ready for our vacation. So it was it was not the night prior to a vacation that I had expected. Well, I mean, I, I've said before, we, we need to have a sponsored segment or at least our own 
uh, theme song segment, Tales from the Waiting Room, because we spend a lot of time in waiting rooms, and um, there are always tales. In this case, spelled either way. But uh, you were, after we got back from Minnesota, you went to uh, Chicago for the WNBA All-Star Game. Yes. And um, you were upgraded? I was upgraded, yes. And oftentimes in waiting rooms, I was at the dentist with our daughter during this time, in the last two weeks. And there was a woman one seat over from me in an otherwise spacious waiting room cranking like a children's show on her, on her phone at full volume. Did you have a similar experience on your I, flight to Chicago? Yes. Well, f- well first, I was... They, they called me up to the um, to the podium or whatever as I'm at my gate, and um, the woman said, "There's a woman with her daughter. There, they've been upgraded, and we're trying to keep them together. So one way we can do it is by moving you to the first row window." And um, I said, "I said I've got children, so my priority absolutely is for you to be able to seat this woman with her daughter." I said, "But is there a way where I don't have to be?" where there's no leg room, like in row one, where there's the bulkhead right in front of you. And the, the gate agent was looking down and she just couldn't figure it out. And finally I said, well, I said, maybe the person next to the empty seat in the first row would be willing to move back and you could put the mother and her little daughter in the first row. And she said, ah, yes, I could do that. So that's what happened. The, this shorter guy, got moved back with more legroom so he was sitting next to me and then the mother and her daughter i think the daughter was probably around somewhere between three and five so very small so they're sitting there and but leggy (laughs) yeah and at one point uh, i had my earphones in and i could hear a not particularly pleasant rendition of the itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout and it wasn't the mom singing and it wasn't the daughter singing it was the daughter's device which she did not have headphones plugged into mom was probably on headphones the mother was on headphones the mother was on headphones watching something on her tablet and her daughter was blaring itsy bitsy spider um it's not like the mother was doing, you know, the hand gestures that go with it. Um, that was, by the way, one of the first songs our oldest daughter learned hand gestures to when we used to go to story time at the library was the Itsy Bitsy Spider. But anyway, I digress. What's the best hand gesture song? Um, it, that might be it. Well, it's not a song, spoken word, but this is the church, this is the steeple, open the door, see all the people. I yeah. think that's the most but elaborate. Yeah, but that one's short. Like Itsy Bitsy Spider's long. It's got different hand things. When kids learn to do it, it's super cute. Anyway... I was just like, this is unbelievable, you know. You, um, I want the the girl entertained, but like, the mother should be entertaining her her daughter, or at least like have age appropriate headphones because they make them that fit over your head and that you know have volume control so they can't go too loud, um, so the rest of the passengers aren't listening to itsy bitsy spider. But yeah, people like to to share their. Uh, there shows at a very high volume with those around them. I, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I was in a hospital waiting room for a couple of hours sometime this spring, and uh, a, a middle-aged gentleman was cranking 
a and, and horse laughing at a a telenovela in in, in Spanish um, through the duration of my visit. It which was, which would have been fine if they were plugged into headphones, right? Like people well, can watch of course, what they want. Obviously, watch what it's you want. Less, but less fine. Yes. When everybody else is subject to whatever it is you want to watch. Yeah, it's just unbelievable, and it also would have been a little less intrusive to you if you had had like noise canceling headphones or on or something, but you were like reading a book or something where you didn't have the outside uh, world kind of. Uh, I think the the default setting should be the ambient scene and then if you want to you know watch something or listen to something you put on headphones i'm not required to wear headphones because you want to watch something without headphones right exactly right i think we've talked about this on the podcast before i'm not sure but i want to revisit revisit it with you how old were you when your mom had the parent teacher conference and the teacher showed her all of your sandwiches uneaten shoved into your desk. Do you remember? I was in seventh grade. You were in seventh grade? Yeah. Have you have you told that story before? I, I, I probably wrote about it in one of my books, but I don't know that I've told the story on the podcast. Would no. you mind telling the story? And there, I have a reason for it. Um, well, I, my mom made me, all the while I grew up, bologna and, Ameri- bologna and sort of craft single on white bread with mayonnaise, and I loved it until I just stopped wanting to have that sandwich for lunch, and it would be kind of smashed in my lunch bag. And um, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember. I just didn't have an appetite for that sandwich at lunch, and so I started. I would just, I didn't want to bring it home uneaten, and there was just an open top wastebasket in the corner of the classroom. So, and I, I didn't want to throw it in there, so I just, and who knows, who knows what I was thinking, but I, I just started putting them in my desk. We had a, you know, I, I would put them mostly in the pencil box in my desk. So I had many sandwiches in the pencil box until that was full, and then I just had sandwiches, I just started storing the sandwiches in my desk. Well, it makes uh, until Until one day, you know, we were switching classrooms at that point in middle school, and um, although we only had two classes per grade. This is a Catholic K through eight, Nativity of Mary in Bloomington. But when I was out of the classroom, in a different, in the other classroom, at one point, the teacher, no doubt, uh, smelling something horrible, investigated and found all these all these moldy green sandwiches in Ziploc bags in my desk. For some, and, I, and I was busted. For some reason, I thought you were younger. I thought you were third or fourth grade. It's interesting that you were seventh grade because in the last month, I was having a conversation with parents of an eighth grade boy. And the dad get up every morning, make his son's lunch. And he said uh, recently, you know, before, before summer vacation, he was in his son's room um, and I saw a picture of it and like, the neat and tidy room and he moved a couple books on a bookshelf and behind it were sandwiches in stacks and they were I think they were turkey and cheese and maybe mayo on white bread wrapped in saran wrap just one on top of the other on top of the other (laughs) so his son 
for whatever reason. I guess in their school, there's also free lunch. So I don't know if his son found the, the lunch that was provided by the school more enticing, but never said anything to his dad to stop making sandwiches. But stacks of sandwiches behind his books on the bookshelf. I mean, the, the okay, so you're not eating the sandwich. Why don't you throw it away at school? This but is, this when you is, come is, home, why don't you throw it away at home? Like stacking this, it, well, I don't understand. This so is, this give is me your, the eighth grade or seventh grade boy brain. This is your adult brain thinking about it. It's not just eighth or seventh grade boy. It's it's people forget. I mean, it's a, it's a problem. People forget what it was like to be a kid. And there's nostalgia and, oh, it was great. Or, or oh, I had an unhappy childhood or whatever. But you forget specifically... And I'm not saying I remember it perfectly either, but you forget specifically what it was like to be a kid and all of the fears and anxieties and, um, you know, ignorance and, and, and all that. And, and I'll just say without, we don't ever want to, you know, I don't, we don't ever kind of get into this stuff on the podcast, but this morning uh, we usually, uh, Three of our kids, our three daughters and I, always share the Wordle results each morning. You know, encrypted so that you can't see what the result is. Mm-hmm. And this morning, I sent um, our youngest the Quirtle, which is four Wordles, and you're trying to solve them all at the same time. You get nine guesses, and I was doing it for the first time because when we were in Minnesota, my my brother does it, and so I wanted to see what it was about. So I sent it to our youngest. And she said, I don't understand like how this works. And I said, I, this is by text. And I said, um, I, will, I, will show, I will show you how it works and explain it to you. And she replied, and, and I, I should get the wording exact because this is, gets to what it's like being a kid. She said, and then I gave an explanation, okay? And she said, I'm still confused. And I said, I will explain it to you when I can show it to you in person. And she said, trust me, even after you show me, I still won't know. (laughs) And, you know, I remember sitting in math classes and thinking, I don't understand this. I'll never understand this. And if the teacher calls on me and asks me if I understand it, I will say yes. And if my parents ask me if I understand it, I will say yes. And I think part of that is, you know, the same gene that doesn't allow you to stop and ask for directions. But also, part of it is, as a kid, you're not you don't know what you're supposed to say, what you're what you're supposed to do. And in a situation like that, obviously, I didn't want to send the sandwich home. A, my fear of getting in trouble overrode everything. Am I going to get in trouble if if I didn't eat my sandwich? And B, I want to insult my mom by not liking the sandwich, and I don't want to throw it in the open wastebasket because the teacher will see that I've thrown it away, and you're not supposed to waste food and all that. So. You do what you do with all of your problems and just bury them under a, a pile of, of uh, colored pencils. No, but the interesting piece of it is us forgetting what it's like to be kids because, <clears throat> of course, kids don't know what it's like to be adults because they haven't done it yet. They don't know what it's like to wake up and the annoyance it might be to make a sandwich every morning or whatever. Um, but sort of like, shame on us. We We need to, at times, take a step back. Um, and remember, I mean, when, when I'm coaching our son in basketball, I say this a lot um, to the coaches and I say it to each other, like, why would he do that? 
why why doesn't we just went over that why doesn't he understand and then we'll say because he's a 12 year old boy because he's why doesn't he understand he doesn't understand because he's 13 and why does he understand because his brain doesn't work that of way course. yours does and mine doesn't when i was when well, i was maybe mine didn't at that age well, either who or, knows or, or, it it still works in a way that mine does not i mean I, you can break down uh, basketball offenses and defenses all day and I'm not only find it completely not interesting, but I I find it sort of mathematically confusing. And when I played high school basketball, the worst part of it for me was trying to remember or even uh, to know where I'm supposed to be on the floor. Now I could kind of instinctively know. I played pickup basketball all the time, and and you know knew where I certainly to get rebounds and stuff. Where these where to be kind of instinctively but on a set offense and you're rotating here and you know something as simple as a pick and roll my brain didn't really still doesn't work that way well i think but it's it's even broader than just that it's like you know why would why would they do that like whether it's on a basketball court or somewhere else what like why would the kid just do that well because they're 11 because they're 12 because they're 13 and uh i think a lot of times we just have to remember well, that and remind each other of that. You, if you have kids, then you kind of start seeing the world through their eyes a little bit again, although oftentimes we don't. Um, but, you know, you go for it through a long period of your life. Most people, uh, what, after high school and before they have kids, or maybe you don't have kids, and you have a niece or nephew or you're around kids at work or whatever it is, um, until until that kicks in, and it's usually like your twenties, where you're not around kids. And I mean, my oldest brother had um, a kid first among siblings, and I babysat him when he was an infant. The night of the George Foreman um, fought this German guy in 1995, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I was like, "How am I supposed to hold this thing? You know, what am I?" And I can't believe he left you with the baby but well anyway. at some point they have to get out of the house and right. and but um so yeah it's it's there's a period of your life where you completely forget what it's like and then if you was this charlie kids, or was this no it was jack well i don't know that we've told the story about when you babysat charlie wasn't my, it charlie yeah I, I i babysat him for my brother and, and sister-in-law in minneapolis they're he wasn't an infant; he was a toddler because he could walk around. And um, and uh, I mean, I left him. You probably would have been what in your thirties, early thirties, late twenties. No, no, I would have been late twenties, I guess. Without children of your own, obviously. Yeah, you know, I might have been, might have been thirty, early thirties. Maybe it was right before we met. I don't know, but he, you know, I, I was supposed to change his diaper. But he needed to have a diaper changed and. I wasn't going anywhere near that. And then, uh, although I'm not sure how often your dad or my dad changed diapers when we were babies, but, uh, and then um, I, he wanted something to eat, and I asked him what he wanted to eat, and he toddled over to the to the bottom-loading freezer and opened that and pulled out ice cream. So it was 8 o'clock in the morning, and so I just thought, what the hell, give him some ice cream. So he ate ice cream in a, in a loaded diaper. And, um <laughs> For I, wasn't, breakfast. I wasn't asked to babysit any time again, but you know, <laughs> what do you know? You don't what know do anything. Know? Sticking with the theme of middle school aged boys, we had 
I thought was one of the more uh, humorous experiences when we were on vacation. When our 12-year-old nephew came uh, into the house, he was outside playing with his cousins and his older brother, and uh, came into the house and asked his mom, quote, do you have any objects hard enough to cause pain, but not serious injury? Unquote. I was there, and he said it. He said it with uh, total equanimity. He wasn't angry, or um, or even um, or or like mischievous. He just said it very matter of factly yeah. and sort of sweetly. But it's the kind of question that raises other questions, like why? What are you up to? What's going on? What was going on? I think uh, had he been thrown in the water or. Oh, Some, he was he was trying to get at one of his cousins who was in his twenties, um, the college age cousin, yeah, yeah, who was get back at him for I think he did throw him off the deck or dock or something. Yeah. yeah, I think he'd been thrown in the water. Or something had been done. He, he wanted uh, to cause pain, but not serious injury. Yes, uh, uh, and, uh, and knowing that his much bigger cousin, it, it, it had to involve an object, <laughs> right? And I don't I don't think we came up with one. Well, we had a great week away in Minnesota, as we always do every summer. We flew into Minneapolis-St. Paul, spent a day in the Twin Cities, drive up to a couple of hours north of the Twin Cities, and drive back. I actually made the drive twice because I drove down during the – while we were at the cabin, I drove down to get my dad, who only likes being up at the cabin for about 24 hours. It's about as much as he can take that I drove. And then, uh, But, but you know, passing a parade of cars, uh, billboards, uh, all kinds of – nuttiness every summer that we see um what was the billboard that well it was a big you know big giant billboard not an electronic billboard that changes but you know regular regular billboard, yeah. regular billboard with a picture of two guys on it and the the wording was legends of lasik yeah with two two uh like two doctors uh, i guess glamour shots of, of their giant mug shots on the billboard Legends That's when you when you LASIK. when you wanted to be like in the NBA or on uh, in the movies, but you go into eye surgery instead. You can still have your billboard uh, declaring yourselves legends of LASIK. My question is: Does George and Columbus have a billboard? Legends I mean, of LASIK. A, a true legend probably doesn't need to. Uh, Advertise themselves as that. Although I, I we like should the, probably I'd like purchase the a billboard Isaac. in Columbus yeah, yes, with George exactly. on it. Um, uh, uh, the uh, maestro of the monocle. Ah, even uh, the, better. Uh, the uh, the uh, poobah of pumpkin carving. <laughs> Keep going. Come up with one more on the fly. Uh, I, 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 uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the legend of the loop, the jeweler's loop, right? Yeah, all of those are great. So um, maybe we'll we'll need to purchase multiple billboards in the Columbus area. So we saw the billboard, and then the, the other thing that you went a little on a riff on as we were driving was when we were passed by a big, giant pickup truck with the American flag bug shield. Yeah, he had an American flag and eagle a bug shield. It was, you know, with a, with a, with a paste of, of, of dead insects on it, and... Um, Describe the bu- a bug shield in case people don't know. Like on the very front of the front pickup of the truck. pickup truck on the above the hood, it, it kind of um, I don't know. It 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 seems to exist what only to uh, like to 
keep the bug paste off your hood, I guess. But, I mean, do you and I have dead bugs all over our hood or our, our windshield? Like, do you really, is it really a necessary item? For an automobile, I've yeah. never thought. Mm, I, I don't look I at don't, all those dead bugs I, I, on my windshield know, but, uh, or on it, my. It, it is. It is in keeping with. Uh, so it's many an odd ways. item. It's an odd item, especially uh, an odd item for uh, people who sanctify the. Right. The flag. Nothing says I love my country more than an American flag. Bug shield Paste with a with a with a slurry of <laughs> dead mosquitoes on it. Yeah. Well, we uh, we'll probably have a uh, extra viewer mail this week because we've let it pile up for a couple of weeks. So should we should we get to that? Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. We don't have to do a two-hour show because we've been off for two weeks. Let's but let's see what was caught in the viewer mail lint trap while we were gone, shall let's we? See what was smashed to the view- viewer mail bug shield. Absolutely. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from Tom in Clayton, Missouri. Are you ready, Rebecca? I am, Tom. I I am ready. Hi, Tom. Dear Shell and Chain, writes Tom, as America's foremost turtle-themed podcast, I'll never have a better or other forum to share this story. And we have largely been a turtle-themed podcast for the last several episodes. We've kind of uh, wandered from our theme this week. Well, although although we were where we were in Nisswa, Minnesota, they're famous for their turtle races. Yes, in town, and uh, they have little turtles painted on the street where they have their turtle races, and and they, and our our youngest got a sticker, uh, I heart Nisswa, but the heart is a turtle. So she, by the way, her birthday's in October, and she um, said, uh, "I've made my birthday list," and number one on the list was a phone, and I said, "Well, you know, you don't get a phone." Um, when you're in at your age that's that's a non-starter and number two on the list i found pretty clever was two turtles for pet two pet turtles and i said why two turtles is it just in case i say no and then you can go, go down to one turtle and she said no she said turtles i hear they get lonely and uh so it would be to keep the other turtle company i said we're not getting turtles either so i hope i didn't dash her dreams too much uh, well, let's see what uh, Tom's turtle story is. There's a small pond in the park across the street from my house, and a family of turtles lives there. It's a small pond, so if they're not related by blood, they're related by marriage. One day, while walking our dog in the opposite side of the park, I came upon a turtle who looked very old and very slow, even by turtle standards. I thought I should pick the turtle up and take it back to the pond, but then I thought, maybe this is what the turtle wants, that after 40 years of living in that pond, before he died, he wanted to see where everyone had been, has been heading all these years and crossed that off his turtle bucket list. It had probably taken the turtle all day or more to get that far, not to mention the effort it took to get out of the pond. With no roads nearby and the turtle in no imminent danger, I decided to leave it be. I kept thinking, how would I feel if I spent the whole day traveling to Australia only to get off the plane and have some giant hand pick me up and put me back in St. Louis? I can only only hope the turtle died happy. What a what a poignant and uh, uh, smart thought process there, Rebecca. Yeah, there's a couple things. Number one, how do you know if a turtle looks old? Or and slow. slow. Maybe just by the size of it, it looks old. And two, yeah, but do animals do that? Do they leave their habitat, like, if there's not something wrong? 
I don't know, but but I, don't know I, I do know that after my trip to Australia, if I could have a hand pick me up <laughs> and drop me back in St. Louis, I'd, I'd welcome it. Right, true. Uh, interesting. In 1974, writes Tom, not only could you watch Kojak on CBS, but ABC had a series called Kolchak, The Night Stalker, and another series called Kodiak. Kodiak was like Hawaii Five-0, but set in Alaska. It lasted four episodes. In fact, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, is still on, I believe, the same uh, obscure cable channel that Kojak is on. And, uh, Kolchak? But only on, like, Kolchak, The Night Stalker. Don't Spell you remember it. The Night Stalker? No. K-O-L-C-H-A-K. He was like a Chicago guy played by um was he uh, also shaved head and uh it was it was uh it was it was um scary as can be oh. and, and too scary to watch kind of like uh the night gallery do you remember the night gallery no uh uh, as a UCLA graduate, I was delighted to hear Steve's positive thoughts about my alma mater. I always took satisfaction in knowing that USC students would come cross town on weekend evenings and hang out in Westwood Village at UCLA's front door because it was the place to be in Los Angeles back then. Love Westwood Village. Yeah, Rebecca. it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I consider myself in, uh, in another lifetime to have gone to U- UCLA and, and hung out in Westwood Village. That's what I loved about... Maybe um, one of our kids will end up at UCLA and I, we can hang out in Westwood Village. I, I doubt that, although our kids have hung out in Westwood Village and, and they enjoyed it. True. On a related note, since you're also uh, America's foremost shoelace-themed podcast, you probably know that John Wooden would, on the first day of practice each season, teach incoming players some version of the better bow so that in addition to winning 10 national titles under Wooden, UCLA players never had their shoes come untied during games. I don't believe I, I, don't believe I did know that. Did you, you, know did you that? get any shoelace tying... Um, Tips when you went to UConn, no, Rebecca? No, but I, I have heard that story, that the first thing he would teach his players was this, the simplest but an important thing, and that's how to tie your Did shoes. Did you learn any sort of practical tips like that on, on uh, shoe maintenance or uniform uh, customs when you were at, either at UConn or in the uh, W or in the Olympics? No. I, I do, I, in college, though, uh, my first couple of years, we wore ASICs. I don't even think Asics makes basketball shoes anymore, and they were not comfortable basketball shoes, and they had really long laces. So I did learn then how to just, I didn't know the the better bow yet, so I would just tie them and then take the laces and tuck them under what I had just tied, and that would prevent them from uh, from coming untied. Lastly, Steve's right. I say this not for any particular event, but it seems the majority of times some anecdote is told to disparage him, I land squarely on his side. And know exactly where he's coming from and why he did what he did and probably would have done the same thing. Did you hide your sandwiches? That's my question. I'm not not making this up. He actually wrote this. So consider this an evergreen viewer mail. Rather than having me resend this this every time. Is this still Tom? Yes. Rather than having me resend this every time, feel free to, whenever the need arises, say, Tom from Clayton, Missouri writes, Steve's right. (laughs) I asked asked this of Tom and any any other uh, viewers. Did you ever do what Steve did as a seventh grader or what my friend's son did as an eighth grader and bring your sandwiches home and hide them. Well, it, well, they also don't have to be hidden on purpose as an active campaign. I mean, we find food in our kids' backpacks and in the cup holder in the back of the minivan all the time. Sometimes sure, it's, it's just, just, it's just pure negligence, slovenliness, yeah. and uh, indifference. Fair. Uh, Stacy writes, Stacy with a Y writes, hello, Steve and Rebecca, listening to the most recent Oh, I guess you could be Stacy with an IE, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Or two E's. Or, a, or just CY. Yeah. There's a variety of well, this is spellings. This is CY. Oh, it's not the, the CEY. Okay. No, it's not CEY. Hello, Stephen Rebecca. Listening to the most recent pod and the discussion regarding odorous teenage boy feet reminded me of an incident we had years ago when my son was about 14. 
We returned from his soccer practice and he accidentally left his shoe bag in the car where it stayed overnight. The car smelled so bad the next day we had to drive to school with all the windows down and it took days of airing out to get things back to normal. Horrible. Uh, you may remember. I mean, you may remember. You don't remember. You, you, you would remember if you had grown up playing or the siblings playing hockey. Nothing reeks like hockey equipment. I mean, it's, it's even more than football equipment. Uh, well, yeah, even more. I mean, it's 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 sickening. As I write this, I have the Liberty Sun game on. This is Stacy still, and oh, I'm I called that game. You what? I called that game. Well, that's, and I'm anticipating heading to the Storm game tomorrow night. School is out for the summer. For this teacher in the WNBA is in full swing, so all is right with the world. As usual, I continue to enjoy the pod on my commute and on my neighborhood walks. I hope you all have a great summer. Stacy with a Y, go Storm. You did call that game. I did. And we're at the midway point, well, just about, of the WNBA season. You mentioned earlier I just got back from the WNBA All-Star Game in Chicago. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it was cool because the Nike Nationals were happening at the same time, and that's the AAU tournament that has the top players in the country, um, rising you know, juniors and seniors. So all of the top college coaches are out there as well, recruiting and watching those kids. And... Um, and so this year, which was new on Saturday, All-Star Game was Sunday. Saturday, there was a three-point contest, which is not new, but a skills competition, which paired a WNBA player with a high school player. And um, so I was like, these high school players are going to be so nervous. They're going to get out there. They're on national TV. They're in front of their peers. They're in front of WNBA players. Holly Rowe talked to all of these high school competitors, and not one of them said that they were nervous, and they went out there and uh, performed really well. But... Anyway, it was a uh, it was a cool and fun weekend for WNBA All Star. I saw uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson. He was at the game in attendance. Yes, your old um, your old travel companion. That's right. Reverend Jesse Jackson and I were together at a press conference for Bill Clinton in the Bay Area when he was announcing an initiative to get um, internet into lower income communities and. Uh, and well, Bill Clinton was President Clinton at the time, right? He was, he was President, President Clinton. He was President, yeah, he was President yeah. at the time, and uh, and so I was at this hotel getting ready before heading over to the press conference. And as and as I come out into the hallway, or I think it was a hotel where your door came outside, and uh, a guy just said, "Hey, Rebecca, the Reverend would like to see you." And so I walked down, and did all you of know a sudden, who who it was? I mean, no, it I was could like, have been oh, Reverend Run. No, as far I as didn't. You know. yeah, exactly, I didn't know. I go down, all of a sudden, standing right in front of me is is the reverend and he's in his t-shirt with his you know he's buttoning up his dress shirt before he puts on his tie and uh as he's just getting ready as we all are get, getting ready to head out to the to head to the press conference and anyway i was like oh hello reverend and he just said hello you know good to meet you excited about the press conference or whatever and then uh and then we went to get into the motor presidential motorcade and uh and head to the press conference uh, Kurt with a K and a U, our resident photon wrangler and our resident Gilligan's Island expert. Mm. We, we should devote an entire entire podcast to that sometime. Writes, dearest Steve Gal, greetings from Track Town in the beautiful Willamette Valley, home to this year's World Track and Field Championships. As runners and allergy sufferers, I thought you'd enjoy yesterday's pollen count. He encloses, he attaches a, a photograph, a pollen tracker here in. Uh, in Oregon is very high 1545 1545 for grass pollen 
uh, I'll say. Where is that? Oregon? Yeah, this is uh, Portland, right? Yikes. Um, wow. High is like 70 or something. 1500 seems. And uh, that's interesting too, because I think most allergy medicines, right? Don't they have something in them that over the counter ones that if you take them, it's a, you, you would make you test positive on a drug test as like a performance enhancing uh, drug, uh, I think. Probably. So, well. For entertainment purposes only, in your programs, I'm 6'3 and 225 pounds. At the combine, I'm 6'1 and a half and 240. My wingspan is 76 inches and hands measure 9 and a half inches. My shoe size is, Rebecca? 14. Four, pardon? 14. 13. Oh, okay. And, uh, Kurt adds, my belly button is an innie. <laughs> did he really? He did. I mean, did he really? I think I'd make that up. <laughs> And he has a question for Dr. Siegel. Okay. If it's not too much, perhaps our cleanup hitter could explain why some are innies and some belly buttons are out. out That's a great outside. question. I also think uh, um, I've read what percentage are innies and what percentage are outies. And uh, I think and innies. Much more innies. Much right? more innies, yeah, than outies. But that's a great question for Dr. Siegel because I would imagine it's it's up to him. It's it's his handiwork that determines whether you're an innie or an outie. That's right. Um, and uh, uh, Kurt writes, also, I've included an all-too-accurate picture for the long-forgotten ball-and-chain segment on dissonant business neighbors. Uh, yeah, we used to. Oh, yeah. And, and he encloses a picture, and it's, ah, well, I mean, this is just an, uh, unbelievable, and yet all-too-believable. Uh, Murphy and Musgrove, uh, so I'm sorry, Guns and Ammo, okay? As on, is one Guns and business. Ammo, one distinct business with mm-hmm. a flag. Flying out front of Murphy and Musgrove Funeral Home. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, on uh, on uh, Fourth of July weekend when we were in Minnesota with our with our family and and two of our extended family were going home to uh, suburban Chicago and uh, the Highland Park shootings were that uh, was that Fourth of July and they were going um, you know one uh, town over and knew many people who were uh, had attended the uh, the parade so sorry to bring that note into this but well the following week is when I, w- I was in Chicago for the all-star yeah. game and a lot of activities that were planned to be outside be, yeah. for fans uh, could no longer be right. and um, so some fans I'd been reading were complaining about like the lack of events right without Public recognizing access, yeah. yes originally they were going this these events were going to be open to the masses but right. because of what happened could no longer be hi receiver oh kurt thanks for that great uh, great viewer mail and, and the uh, illustrations as well hi receiver there's a juniper new jersey this is ralph in maryland there is a juniper new jersey within woodbine he encloses the coordinates rebecca the the you know the uh, longitude and latitude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perhaps Rebecca was thinking of Jupiter instead of Neptune. There is no Jupiter in New Jersey. Per Google Maps, if Rebecca calls a game at Walsh Gym or the Prue, she can say a long three was shot from Neptune. Walsh Gym and at Seton Hall. Yes, I mean this is this is if you're calling a game in New Jersey. Yes, you can say you uh, know, instead of from downtown, it was shot from right. Neptune. Okay. Speaking of which, um, Bruce announced uh, a spring tour. He did? Uh, today, yeah. And uh, 31 
he ends at the Prue, I think. He ends in, in Newark. And, um, but in uh, March, when you'll be off doing the tournament, he's at the Mohegan Sun, Uncasville. Oh, well, we've got, if I'm not off somewhere, you, you I got to go. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah. I thought you were going to say, related to this, a long three, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that we had the four-point shot in the WNBA all-star All right. game yes and um which were there were these two circles on the floor a significant distance from the basket and if any part of your foot was on the circle it was a four-point shot it was a it, i suppose slightly entertaining in hindsight i thought it was terrible and this is the reason why because people when they get when they get behind they start people started of course you have to ch- chucking for four-point yeah, shots and i think it ended up on the game Five for thirty, yeah. but what it did early well, in the game, point, everybody, was two for 14, yeah, right? everybody was taking them and nobody was making them, right. so it was a ridiculously low scoring. People game started at doubling the half. down on now you're behind, and but you it's an all star right. game. It's never a low scoring game right. at the half. Well, in the second half, they didn't take quite as many of them, um, and so it ended up being a really high scoring all star game. But um, they should make the, they should make the four point circle like you know on the low block or something. Right, right, exactly. So uh you know, on the record, not a fan. And then the other thing, one of the um, you know rules changes that they were uh, that they were trying out um, was if you got fouled, uh, instead of taking the free throws, um, you would just get the two points. Or if it was an and one, instead of taking the free throw, uh, it was a point, and it was to speed up the game, which is a little silly because all star games are ridiculously fast because nobody fouls and there's no whistles and whatever else. Maybe think of when I was calling the G well, League. When I called the G League games, um, if you were fouled, you would only take one of the free throws, and then it would count for two. Or if you missed, you wouldn't get any points to speed up NBA games. And my thought was always, if you want to speed up an N- NBA game, make it sh- make it shorter. Instead right. of making it 12-minute quarters, do what you do in the WNBA, make it 10-minute quarters. Like You're doing all of these gimmicks that are affecting sort of the the way you play basketball. To make the game shorter, just make the game shorter. Right. Why is it that hard? Well, as you know, the game, the the, the length of the game is whatever fits into a two-hour TV, TV window. window. Exactly. And we know that the last two minutes of a of a close game or a high-stakes game are going to take forever. So take that into account um, when right. you're deciding how long a game is going to be. By the way, Ed, uh, I'm sorry, Ralph in Maryland is in touch, he reports, with Ed from Maryland, our resident patent attorney. So, oh, uh, our, we brokered our, that friendship. Our, our sort of farmers only um, yeah, yes. thing is working. Uh, Michael from New Jersey. New Jersey, Rebecca. Hello, Michael. Writes, uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope this note finds you and yours well. I think the last couple of messages that I sent may not have gotten through. To recap, I wished Rebecca and all the moms a happy Mother's Day. Congratulations to your eldest on her graduation and best wishes for a successful future. Happy Father's Day to you, Steve. Thank you, uh, Michael. In yesterday's Newark Star Ledger, a full-page ad appeared for White Castle Sliders. I've attached a copy of the ad for your review. I was not sure if you knew about White Castle's new 1921 slider. It looks like a loaded slider with lettuce, tomato, caramelized onions, and cheese. Looks to be right up your alley, Steve. Bon appetit, and indeed, three original sliders free when you buy... Uh, when These you- aren't the frozen ones. No, no, no. These are it at White Castle. could be with lettuce and tomato on them. White Castle is always great for coupons. Um, so this is three... Or- free original sliders when you buy two 1921 sliders. So this is uh, three for the price of, I'm sorry, five for the price of two, uh, but you have to clip the coupon. And the coupons were always in the TV week, the TV schedule mm-hmm. that came with the uh, Minneapolis mm. 
Yeah, I remember clipping coupons as a kid. Sunday paper. Yeah, yeah it came with the Sunday paper. Or sometimes the Thursday paper the would, tripping, would have yeah. the coupon insert. Yeah, in the, and, uh, yeah. And, and you always got like 10 sliders for... Uh, My mom had her separate little container for coupons yeah. that like... And they were uh, had the compartment. Like a recipe like box? A, it was like a little mini um, accordion folder. And then you should have our little coupons in there. And, and did you guys call them coupons? No, we called them coupons. Okay. D- what did you call them? We called them coupons also. But some thought, people call them coupons. Well, you have a lot of strange names for things. Yeah, true. We do or people do? You do. Hamburgs. Well, yeah. Come on. That's what they're Package called. stores. That's what they're called. Okay, give me a break. Subways, it's, grinders. Uh, that's what they're called. Michael, just one small correction. Caramelized onions and cheese, you mean vinyls. It would be a slider with vinyl, never never cheese at the castle. Uh, wishing you all of us... All of you, a safe summer season. Uh, same to you. Faithfully yours, Michael from New Jersey. Um, I love it when there's a, an illustration and they're, they're, uh, and he encloses the coupon. Rachel writes, good day, Rebecca and Steve. What an eventful first few weeks of summer I've had. Let's hear about Let's it, shall we? It, in enumerated form. One, Title IX. What an important milestone to celebrate. My life and career is directly impacted by Title IX every single day. I'm absolutely loving all of the documentaries and stories from those that broke down the barriers. Because of what they did, I've never had to ask what I'm allowed to do. Instead, I know that I'm able to do anything. Question for Rebecca. How do I get my hands on the awesome ESPN 5050 shirt? Rebecca. I don't know. They gave us those shirts. I posted it on Instagram. They asked us to wear them and post it on Instagram. They really are cool-looking shirts. And uh, Holly Rowe was saying, people were asking her as well, where do we get these shirts? And um, I don't know, because I don't think they're for sale, but I will try to find out. Well, if you if you, if you you do get your hands on an extra one, I happen to have Rachel's address. Okay. And I don't. Okay. Uh, a, capital A, dream on. Now that I'm back in the States, I was able to sit down and watch it with my family. I'm so glad that ESPN is taking the time and investing in women. I know things aren't perfect, but hopefully things continue to improve for women. Uh, Roman numeral three, road tripping, European style, uh, small a, France. Disneyland Paris, where the characters speak French, was quite entertaining. We visited Notre Dame Cathedral to check out the progress. The goal is that complete reconstruction before the 2024 Olympic Games. Somewhere between Paris and Bordeaux, my B&C selfie coaster split in two. I guess if it's like a wishbone, the half with Rebecca on it won. So um, perhaps a... uh, uh, an omen for our for our marriage as we approach <laughs> a 20th anniversary. Perhaps. Uh, let's hope not. But uh, somewhere between Paris and Bordeaux, her BNC selfie split in two, her, uh, her BNC coaster split in two. A two, Monaco. Driving the roads in Monaco is insane. The twists and turns, the narrow roads, the tunnel, the elevation changes. I can't imagine driving those roads at high speed in an F1, a slice of heaven for a DGS, I'm sure. Um, of course, those... those um, Mountainous roads around Monaco, where Princess uh, Grace died in a, an automobile accident. Am I right, Rebecca? You are. Again, I'm interjecting a, a uh, somber note into the podcast, and I shouldn't have done that. C. Germany. We went to the Neuschwanstein Castle, which is the inspiration for the Disney castles, a beautiful location in the mountains of Germany. The next day, we went to the Dachau concentration camp memorial. That was an incredibly sobering experience. May we never forget what occurred there. Um, I've uh, made that same road trip. For Belgium, we took the chance to see some of the great works of art that are housed in cathedrals. First, we went to uh, St. Bavos. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Rebecca. I don't know any uh, Bavos, B-A-V-O. St. Bavos Cathedral to see the altarpiece of Ghent, you know, like the Treaty of Ghent. Mm-hmm. St. Bavos Cathedral 
Ca- see the altarpiece of Ghent, huh? Cathedral? Ca- cathedral. Cathedral. I'm just, uh, uh, St. Bavo and the altarpiece of Ghent. Uh, that was uh, that was a the least popular Harry Potter <laughs> book, wasn't it? I think so. Then it was off to Bruges to see Michelangelo's Madonna and Child. Both of these works of art were famously stolen by the Germans and then recovered by the Monuments Men. Airplane pet peeves, writes Rachel. Uh, seems like everyone was in fine form for the flight back to the States. One, shoes off. One woman walked barefoot to the restroom. I was oh, nauseous. Yep. Oh, gross. That woman, her feet are going to stick to the floor. Mm. Ugh, okay. Two, don't understand when they say, take everything out of your pockets. They mean it. Uh, 2,500 miles of driving and seeing some amazing places in Europe. We took the time to listen to plenty of BNC episodes. I guess I need myself a new BNC coaster for the next adventure. Well, we've got your address, Rachel, so we'll send it along. Uh, thanks for the for the uh, travelogue, and thank you, Rebecca. I, I like the, th- the thought of our uh, nonsense that we spew here in the basement um, being, being uh, listened to on a European road trip. Yeah, so do I. In, in what I presume was like a, a, a rented convertible uh, Peugeot or something as, right. as you um, but anyway uh, thank you Rachel that's great uh, ball and chain ubiquity I'm, 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 I'm curious what this is about Rebecca this is from Sean and Diana in New Hampshire ready mm-hmm. Stephen and Rebecca as completionists though not always in order and owners of contraband swag containing a particular red shape the ball and chain podcast pops up in our lives with some regularity we will never look at a carton of eggs or an outdoor basketball hoop the same way again we often make inside podcast jokes as each to each other that leave our friends puzzled but provide us a good laugh but this past week things have gone to the next level let's hear it a week ago Sunday, returning home from a bike ride, we were listening to the letter from Roger, the waving cyclist, discussing his adventures in helping animals cross the road. We kid you not, within five minutes, the goose crossing picture below occurred. Naturally, we stopped, laughed, and snapped the picture. Now, let's see what this picture is, Rebecca. My I've goodness. I've never seen a goose crossing. Incredible. Sign. Look at this. There's, there's, uh, I mean, look at this, Rebecca. Can you see that from there? Oh, come on. I'm going to I thought it. it was a road sign. That said, like, slow goose crossing, no, no, is, but instead is, it's uh, actually one, geese two, crossing. There's probably two dozen geese reenacting the, the cover of Abbey Road. <laughs> Truly. I mean, this is, this is incredible. Uh, exactly one week later, we were listening to Saddlery and Saladry on the way to breakfast on a Sunday morning. Fifteen minutes after exiting the car, we were wandering through downtown Saratoga, New York, and noticed a display of cowboy hats and boots. We are not cowboy hat or boot wearers, but entered the store out of curiosity. Just as we enter, we look up and saw the second picture attached. We can honestly say that until that morning, we'd never in our lives thought of, talked about, nor entered a saddlery. And here is a picture, Rebecca, of the Saratoga saddlery. That's the one. That's the same one that I was talking about. I talked about the saddlery when I was in Saratoga with our daughter for basketball. Wasn't it Saratoga? Isn't that where I was? That's right. I thought we were. uh, That's right. Yes, of course. Of course. That's that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Thank you for a wonderful, joyfully irreverent podcast that counterbalances the many heavy podcasts in circulation. We appreciate it. Enjoy your time in Minnesota. We 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 did that. Thank you. Gratefully, Sean and Diana and Bo. Um, P.S. wrote most of this while watching Dream On, which is so good and so powerful. So many strong, inspiring athletes and humans. Thank you, Re- Rebecca, for thoughtfully sharing those difficult times. We sure we are sure the lonely bagel was delicious, and are grateful your teammates rallied together. Uh, thank you, Sean and Diana. I mean, that was a great email, huh? Yes. And finally, Rebecca, Dr. Gary Siegel uh, wrapping up a a 
his wrap-up of a podcast that we did, what, three weeks ago now? All right. So let's see if we can jog our memory and see what the... But remember, Dr. Siegel does have a specific marching order for next time on innies and outies, right? Absolutely, yes. I can't believe it's taken this long to ask him Rough percentages, question. the... Uh, absolutely. I mean, how that should have been day one stuff, right? I mean, yes. Obviously. Uh Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes DGS, I cannot begin to thank you enough for continuing to produce, along with Denny Gallagher, this wonderful podcast. It's a welcome respite from work, news, and, well, life in general. My note is brief, as it is late Monday night, as I didn't get to the pod until today at the gym. One, Rebecca, my daughter has a name which can be shortened, just as yours can. She is a Rebecca to all, not a Becky, as we chose to use her full name. And as she got older, she had no interest in a shorter version. That being said, I do have a few loving father nicknames for her, just as my father of blessed memory had for my older sister, who was called Baby Doll by him well into her 60s. Baby Doll. I mean, why why not? You know, of course. Why would you? you, I was thinking your childhood nickname is your childhood nickname. Our 15 year old has a nickname that we've been calling her forever. And it's when I'm in the house. It's what I use almost exclusively when I speak to her. But you can't use it in public now. No, but sometimes when I used to coach her in middle school, on occasion in practice, I, the nickname would come out and she would just shoot darts through her eyes at me. So it's, But it's hard as a parent because you're used to calling them right. one thing in the house. Like my parents call me Becca Boo as one of my nicknames when I was a kid. And um, so, of course, when you're out in public, they might say that as well. And you you would have loved it if your parents called you Becca Boo in public when you yeah, were 14. Yeah, sure, I would have absolutely loved it. <laughs> Two, uh, writes Dr. Siegel, Chick-fil-A has a very efficient iPhone app, and in these here parts, pardon a bit of Southernese, that is not usually part of my lexicon, we've got a lot of Chick-fil-A's. You order online, and when you arrive, you click a button on the app or scan a table if you're dining in, and within five minutes, your f- fresh order is ready. Rebecca, where were we recently, or was it just me recently? I think you were with me. We wanted to go to Chick-fil-A, but there wasn't one no, within no. 100 miles? No, no. We were oh. somewhere, and uh, either in Connecticut or Minnesota, and the person uh, helping us, it was in Min- it was in northern Minnesota. You were buying some uh, sunglasses, mm-hmm. and the person helping us, a young woman, I would say high school or college age, kept saying, y'all. Do you remember that? Vaguely, it didn't. It didn't strike a chord. Um, y'all have a nice time over here, and and I didn't call attention to it, but I thought that was unusual to hear in northern Minnesota. That's true. Yeah, but she didn't have a southern accent. She did or didn't? She did not, but she had a uh, southernism sprinkled into the um, into what she was saying. So. Uh, Three, the baby report is that the weekend was quiet. Four, there is no Formula One report, but the Dodgers at the Braves was a good baseball series. The Sunday night ESPN game went into extra innings, which the late Skip Carey, our radio and or TV main announcer for decades, termed free baseball. The Braves lost by the bat of longtime ex-Brave Freddie Freeman, a premier player who signed with the Dodgers for 2022 and beyond. By the way, just as the podcast is comforting, so is baseball on the radio, as it allows me to follow the game while multitasking chores such as Quirtle, Wordle, and the NY Times spelling bee. Interesting, Rebecca, never having appeared on the podcast before, Quirtle has now appeared twice uh, in, in this episode. Imagine. Uh, we, we, baseball on the radio was great, and um, uh, we, should, we should have a, uh, a baseball radio guy on one of these times to, uh, to delight us with stories about baseball on the radio. Yes. 
Five, speaking of ESPN, the Formula One races are sponsored by Mother's Polish slash car care products. Mrs. DGS has a 2011 Acura MDX mm. whose headlight covers have become discolored. And when I went to purchase a restoration kit, I chose to patronize the advertiser. It's on, it's on my honeydew list for this week. I wonder if Mrs. DGS on her Acura MDX, the DGS MDX, the Mrs. DGS MDX has a, uh, a bug shield with a slurry of, uh, of deceased I wonder. Uh, Nats on it. Um, my guess is no, but perhaps. Perhaps. Six. This is out of seven, Rebecca. Six. Steve, thank you for taking the time to read my report last week after technical difficulties. Seven. Lastly, Rebecca, your discussion regarding boys and their odors reminded me of a poignant office moment years ago. I was seeing a 40-something mother with children whom I had had the honor of having delivered, and in the course of our introductory chit-chat, she lamented as follows, quote, my son is starting puberty and I don't like it. <laughs> The first sign was when he came in from playing outside one summer day, and instead of smelling like a sweaty little boy, he stunk like a man. You don't want to stink like a man. Stink like a man. Wasn't that, that great country song? Stink like a man. It would be a like great a country song. Stink like a man, think like a man. Tammy Wynette, I forget who that was. All the best. Gary with two R's. Rebecca, we almost stuck the landing. I think we're right around the hour mark. Uh, so let's let's get out like cat burglars here and just thank Denny with one end, Denny Gallagher. Anybody else? Any well, any other messages? No, but Tom DeCari. Oh, of course, Please as always. play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane